And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND. Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. Hope you're having a wonderful day today. This is the awakening in depth today. We're going to get into a single topic and really bore down into that. And in the next segment, my guest is going to be none other than the dean of the Regent Robertson School of Government at Regent University, I should say, Michelle Bachman, former congresswoman, entrepreneur, and now dean of the Robertson School of Government, helping to shape the minds of those who may one day end up in the very highest positions in our country's government, uh, and they will come to it with a godly perspective and a perspective that honors and respects the Constitution of the United States. Uh, Look, here's the topic we're going to get into today, folks. What the World Health Organization is planning, wants to do, to basically subvert the sovereignty of the United States of America and the degree to which the Biden administration is in full cooperation with them. So before we start, let me just say, because I'm not going to take time to introduce her uh, when we have her on because she has an extensive resume. So so let me just say, she now serves, of course, as the dean of the Robertson School of Government. But look, she was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives um, in 2008, uh, that is to the state Senate. Actually, she's in the state Senate first in Minnesota in 2000, in 2000 when she defeated a longtime moderate incumbent. And then in 2006, she entered the race to represent her suburban Minneapolis congressional district, won 52% of the vote, and became the first Republican woman from Minnesota elected to the House of Representatives. And then she won re-election again in 2008 and 2010. So uh, she served, of course, there. And she was one of the founding members of the Congressional Tea Party Caucus. And uh, she ran for president, by the way. In 2012, Uh, she is highly respected around the country, particularly by Christians and conservatives. She has been consistent throughout. She and her husband have five children. They've worked in private foster care as an agency. They've housed 23 children in their own home. Uh, They homeschooled their children and sent them to, to private Christian school to make sure that they protected the minds and hearts of their children. She really is a gem. In fact, her political career started because she was concerned about the education of our children, which is a, an issue that has taken front and center here in the last few years. So she'll be on with me momentarily in the next segment. But before I bring her on, I just wanted to kind of lay the groundwork for this issue. Several things I want to point out to you. Uh, Number one, the World Health Organization is very heavily invested in by Bill Gates. And we know that Bill Gates has been very heavily involved with Anthony Fauci and um, with, with our own health care apparatus. He's heavily invested in Big Pharma. Um, he, he, is, he is a big funder of the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, 
and all of the the sister organizations, including the one that uh, Fauci ran, the Nas- National Institute for in- for Al- Allergies and Infectious Diseases. Uh, so this organization is really polluted with corruption, as far as I'm concerned. Bill Gates and his population control mantra, Anthony Fauci and his willingness to do the bidding of Big Pharma to the detriment of the American people. Remember, Anthony Fauci was the guy who refused to allow anybody to even talk about natural immunity. And yet we know that is the most powerful immunity that was available to protect us from COVID, natural immunity. I said, my wife and I had COVID back in November of 2020. We never got the vaccine. We thank God we had a mild case of it. We prayed our way through it. We were fine. We haven't had a single problem since. People who had all these shots often, and it happened in our own family, had COVID multiple times. So, but we weren't even allowed to talk about natural immunity. And he, he basically is very, very close to the World Health Organization because, of course, he worked closely with communist China. Remember, he was, he was the one who opposed closing all trans, transportation out of communist China into the United States of America. He opposed that. He wanted them to continue to be able to travel into the United States, even though we knew that that was the epicenter of the disease. I mean, just think about that. And so you got Communist China, Bill Gates, um, and the World Health Organization, a sort of unholy trinity there. And the Biden administration wants to put us somehow under their authority and in league with them. Now, I don't want to supersede my interview, but President Trump will get into that in the next segment. President Trump had a very different attitude about it, a very different attitude. And frankly, I think any president worth assault should because what any president ought to be doing is putting the interests of the United States of America first. I mean, it shouldn't be unique to President Trump. That that should be the attitude of any president, but it's not the attitude of this president. You look at what he's doing at our border. You look at what he's doing with our economy. You look at what he's done in terms of using his son as a bag man to collect money from all over the world in tune of millions of dollars flowing into their accounts through all of these dummy companies that they've set up trying to hide the fact that the money's coming from the Communist Party of China. And you've got a formula, folks, for people who are willing to sell the country out and people who are only too happy to buy it. Well, Michelle Bachman has been following this issue and is going to give us some in-depth understanding of exactly what is going on. I've read a couple of articles about this, and, and frankly, folks, you all know me. I'm not a conspiratorial thinker. I don't see conspiracies in every cabinet and under every bed and all that. But I believe this, this is a real threat to our sovereignty particularly when you put it together with a president who I don't think has any respect for our sovereignty at all. You say, well, why would you say that? Well, just again, look at the way he's handled the border. 
To me, the border is a litmus test for whether a president respects the sovereignty of the United States of America. And clearly, Biden does not. What do they respect? Power. And see, whatever agreement might be entered into but through the, into the world, uh, with the World Health Organization, you better believe that it would be an effort to rob you and me of our personal, individual liberty and sovereignty and place it somewhere where someone else is making decisions about us and for us. And whenever they do that, they do it with only one motive in mind, enhancing themselves, their own power, maybe even money, but it's to benefit them at our expense. And that's what we're dealing with here. I mean, on every level, it's clear that that is what we are dealing with. This is The Awakening In Depth. I'm your host, of course, Bishop E.W. Jackson. It's great to be with you again today. Stand by, folks, because coming back in a moment, none other than the Dean of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University, Michelle Bachman. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. We're back. Folks, as I alluded to earlier, there are times then that stories are happening, things are happening that we're not paying much attention to because the mainstream media doesn't really give them the coverage that they deserve or sometimes no coverage at all. And thank God we have leaders in our country who are paying attention to these things because they care about our country, care about our people, and care about our sovereignty. My guest today is none other than the dean of the Robertson School of Government. She is a professor also at Regent University, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. Dean Bachman, welcome to The Awakening. Thanks for joining us. E.W. Jackson, I am such a fan of yours. Thank you for having me on your show today. Look, you have been sounding the alarm about the World Health Organization. Uh, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times. We don't see a whole lot of discussion of it. But you believe that what is being proposed by the World Health Organization that might be accepted by the Biden administration is a real threat to our country's sovereignty and health care. Explain to us what's going on. Yes, this actually is a move by the Biden administration. They began last year to do this. They weren't successful, so they're back at it again this year. And the bottom line, Bishop, is that the Biden administration is trying to transfer American sovereignty over health care decisions, like during the pandemic, away from the United States and to the World Health Organization. This is not a good thing because... Decisions like declaring a public health emergency of international concern or mandating masks being worn or mandating lockdowns or mandating that we must take vaccines. We all remember this from the last three years. This was frightening. Now the Biden administration wants to take the ability to declare these kind of decisions and take it away from the United States and give it to the World Health Organization. 
So we would have no one to appeal to if we give away that kind of authority. Now, are they talking about entering into some kind of treaty, which would, of course, have to be approved by the United States Senate? How, how would they do something that has such sweeping impact on the country? Well, good question. The Biden administration is using a two-track approach. They really want to give up U.S. sovereignty and healthcare decision-making. So one track they're pursuing is through a treaty, which under our Constitution, treaties have to come back to the U.S. Senate to be voted on. But another track they're going down, Bishop, is to offer amendments at the World Health Assembly meeting in Geneva, Switzerland, the last week this month, And when amendments are approved within the World Health Assembly, we're already um, members of the World Health Assembly. If amendments are approved, they don't even have to vote on them. Nations can just by silence give their consent. If they're approved, then that's when that transfer of of authority occurs. So it could come through a treaty, but it could come through something as simple as passing these amendments in Geneva, Switzerland. Either way that it comes, the end result will be the same. And that is that part of our U.S. sovereignty will be given over to the World Health Organization. And then we all lose our freedom, particularly in the area of healthcare decision making. Look, you're teaching at the Regent uh, Robertson School of Government at Regent University. Uh, I have been saying for a long time that I believe that the Democrat Party and the left in general doesn't like our Constitution. They don't respect it. They think it's in their way. This this starts to sound like an end based on what we experienced during COVID, which was just wholesale ignoring of the Constitution. This sounds like a a way of in running the Constitution to be able to do whatever they want to do. Well, you're exactly right. You're very perceptive because what this would do for the first time in history, Bishop, is create a platform for global governance. I know that sounds far out, but there's actually people who want global governance. And unfortunately, the Biden administration are the instigators behind this this effort to give up our sovereignty to the World Health Organization. And in some sense, We did this already during the pandemic because the World Health Organization is an advisory-only body. But what the Biden administration wants to do is give them the power so that they wouldn't be advising. They'd actually be making regulations and enforcing them. And one of the amendments that the Biden administration is pushing at the World Health Organization, they want to have every person on earth have a digital identification like think of your phone with a QR code on their phone on your phone they want all of us to have a QR code that would be assigned to us from the world health organization and that's how we would be surveilled tracked traced we would have to have that code and Our ability to travel would be limited based upon whether the World Health Organization says that we've had enough vaccines or boosters or testing. That's where this becomes serious, because if corporations can limit our right to travel or perhaps even as much as influencing our ability to buy things or sell things, unless we have a QR code, just like communist China does today, This system that I'm describing that we're talking about now, Bishop, this same system is already in effect 
for the Chinese people by the, who are ruled by the Chinese Communist government. This system is being envisioned to be enforced on American citizens, but from the platform of the World Health Organization. I don't think many of your listeners would want this because we would be giving up our freedom. And, and those who control the World Health Organization, which is primarily communist China, they would have the ability then to indirectly control us here in the United States. Again, I know this sounds far out, but these proposed amendments are all available from the Biden administration and their proposed global pandemic treaty. That information is available too. So this is something real that they're proposing, but the mainstream media, as you said earlier, is not covering this story. So most people aren't even aware of this. Is this a, 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 a debate between globalists and, 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 say, nationalist people who really believe our country should protect its sovereignty, our ability to do what we think is best for us as a nation and our people, as opposed to globalists who somehow think that we're going to be a much better place if we just could sort of cede authority to some kind of, as you say, global governance? Bishop, that's exactly what this is. It isn't much of a debate. It's really the globalists themselves having the debate with themselves. I've got a great clip that I'm going to send to you. It's an audio video clip, and it was from last November. Your listeners may have heard of the B20 and the G20. These are the 20 largest governments that get together several times a year. And at their meeting last November, the minister of Indonesia said in their, on his platform that at the World Health Assembly this May in Geneva, Switzerland, they intend to pass amendments that would create this digital identification number for every person and then would give everyone a QR code so that specifically they could begin the process of tracking and tracing. And they want to do this because they said during the next pandemic, they want to be able to control who can travel and who can't travel. They've got all this figured out. So this is a conversation that globalists are having with other globalists. Those of us who love America, for instance, who love our freedom, who love the Constitution, we're cut out of this conversation. This conversation isn't even happening in the U.S. Congress. This is just among those who are part of the global elite establishment, and they're just trying to take power. The problem is the president of the United States, Joe Biden, is in agreement with this terrifying plan that takes away our freedom. And unfortunately, he is one of the advocates. His administration is advocating this move. And, you know, I've read that uh, former President Trump wanted to take us out of the World Health Organization because of yes. the amount of control and influence that communist China has over it. Has that changed? Well, yes, he did, as a matter of fact. President Trump, while he was president, took the United States out of the World Health Organization. He saw how wicked that organization was becoming and the fact that both Bill Gates, who is the second largest contributor mm -hmm. to the World Health Organization, and Communist China, which is the third largest contributor to the World Health Organization, were calling all the shots. So we in America were giving the most amount of money to the World Health Organization, but we weren't calling the shots. Communist China was. So President Trump 
served notice to the World Health Organization. He stopped funding the World Health Organization, and he pulled us out. But the protocol says, Bishop, that it takes one year for the United States to get out of the World Health Organization. Well, he was not returned to the White House in 2020. So the first day that Joe Biden became president on Inauguration Day in 2021, January 20th, he put the United States back into the World Health Organization and he restarted funding for the World Health Organization. So a president can get us out of the World Health Organization and a president can put us in. So it shows the compare and contrast between President Trump, who didn't want the United States controlled by the influence of the communist Chinese, versus President Biden, who does want the United States influenced and controlled by the communist Chinese. It's unbelievable to think any U.S. president would want this, but that's what the Biden administration is promoting. Well, I'm sure you're watching the news as I am, as the facts unfold about the amount of money his family has made in their dealings with the uh, Communist Party of China, and the implications are profound. And it, it really is disturbing to think a president of the United States would sell our country out. Folks, we are with Dean Michelle Bachman of the Robertson School of Government. We'll be back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Lord, I'm thankful. Today, as I was beginning my day, a friend called and said they would be happy to accept our invitation to visit our home. They're good friends, fellow workers, and their friendship means much to us. Strangely enough, I feel they need our friendship as much as we need theirs. A few years ago, they lost their only child in an automobile accident, and it's been pretty tough on them since then. For their friendship, Lord, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. In the mail this morning came a note from a reader in Australia, the Down Under Continent. He had some very kind words to say about one of the books I've written. You know, Lord, it's folks like that who keep me trying against all the odds. To know that something you do lifts another makes one feel pretty good. Lord, for the people I can help, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. This morning I picked up our youngest son and looked into his eyes. He's just slightly over three months old now. But he means so much to his mother and me. He's so precious, as all new life is. His smile makes the day so much more enjoyable. And at noon, Tim got his swimming lesson. I kept the girls while Linda carried him to the pool. It's such a great task and responsibility, this thing of being a parent. You've entrusted to us the care and training of four wonderful children. They bring so much love and happiness to our lives. Lord, for a loving family, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. On the way downtown, I passed by an office building where the American flag was displayed. It's symbolic of one of the greatest privileges known to mankind, this flag. For it stands for freedom, justice, service, and a host of other attributes 
belonging to the higher nature of man. I know that in this country, with hard work and dedicated desire, I can reach the limit of my potential. Sure, there are obstacles, but that's par for the course and makes the striving so much more exciting. Lord, for the high privilege of living in this country, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. Today, a friend and I did a little work around the church building. My friend is such a great man in his own way, but if I ever told him, he would blush and be embarrassed. He's like many of the other folks in the church. They take their jobs as being followers of the way seriously. And it's friends like them that keep me going when I get down in the dumps. Lord, for friends who can share with me the faith of the man of Galilee, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful. As we stopped at the light today, the family in front of us were having such a good time. They just bought some ice cream cones, and the mother had a double dip. One side was hers, and the other side she gave to her infant. As I sat and watched the small child enjoy that treat, I laughed out loud with joy. Lord, for the simple things in life, such as a mother's love, I'm thankful. I could go on and on, Lord. You know that. So just let me close by saying that for this day, and tomorrow, and the days after, and all the wonderful possibilities they hold. Lord, I'm thankful. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Well, we're talking about an extremely important topic with former Congresswoman, now Dean of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University, Michelle Bachman. Uh, Michelle, you, you've raised some profound issues. I know that you are a woman of God. And when you start talking about these, these chips and these digital signatures, whatever they are, it really conjures up what the Bible talks about in the last days about the inability to buy or sell. I'm not saying this is the mark of the Antichrist, but it certainly sort of conjures up that image of taking control over everybody on the earth. Well, exactly, Bishop. That's why this issue captured my attention. I have been a believer in Jesus Christ since I was 16 years old. I'm now 67. And so I've read what the prophets have written about what the last days will be. And we have an interesting convergence of events happening right now. And when I read and see that there's a proposal from the Biden administration to create a platform for global government, that gets my attention, both as a believer in Jesus Christ, but also someone who has spent decades working in government. I know what this means. This is as big as it gets to give up U.S. sovereignty over part of our freedoms to create a global platform. Once there is a platform for global governance, once you give away sovereignty, absent a miracle, it doesn't come back. And that's why as believers, we are called on to occupy until the Lord returns. We're not to be in league with the deeds of darkness. We're not to advance a global government. 
And that's why I think it's important for believers. We're not to fear either. We're not to despair. So we're not here to raise fear and despair in the hearts of believers. We're here to say this is a time to pray, but it's also a time when we can actively contact our members of Congress, Mm -hmm. our senators, our members of the House of Representatives. And it's very simple. You just call and say where you live and the White House switchboard will automatically connect you. I'll give you the number. It's 202-224-3121. I'll give you that number again. It's 202-224-3121. And you just say where you live and you want to be connected to your senators and your representative. And just say, I don't want the United States and the World Health Organization. I want to see you get the United States out of the World Health Organization. I want to have us defund the World Health Organization so we're no longer in it. We saw what life was like during those three years with the pandemic when they closed down churches and they kept little children away from school and all this inflation that came from it and the businesses that were destroyed because of the decisions made by government officials. In part, those were those decisions were made based on the recommendations of the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization got it wrong nearly every decision for three years. Why would we empower them with more power over our health care decisions going forward when they've got it wrong that long? So yes, we can do something, Bishop. We can pray but we can also act. We can all call 202-224-3121 and ask to speak to our senators and House of Representatives member and just simply say, I want you to get us out of the World Health Organization and I don't want, no, I don't want my tax money to fund them anymore. There's not a week that goes by that a caller doesn't call me, in fact, more than once a week to say, why don't the Republicans speak up? I don't hear them saying the things that need to be said, warning the American people the way we need to be warned. And I mean, I know we have some good people in Congress, but, but I'm, I'm frustrated sometimes myself that the Republican Party doesn't seem to be capable of sounding the alarm, while the left, will they'll call us fascists and, and we're bigots and we're haters and, oh, we're, we're a threat to democracy. I mean, they're saying everything imaginable. And often Republicans don't seem to be the, the voice of conservatism, the voice of really of evangelical conservatives particularly. They don't seem to, to, to be willing to say the things that you are saying to at least alert us to what's going on. Well, and I think part of that is I've been in that bubble before, and I always used to joke and say that Congress is always the last one to know. The constituents know far more that's going on than members of Congress. And you ask yourself, how could that possibly be? And in part, it's just the system itself, because members of the House, members of the Senate spend almost 90% of their time trying to raise money for their next reelection. And the system shouldn't be like that, where that's where they spend so much of their time. We need them to understand the issues. We need them to read the bills. And they have to rely on their, their staff for that. Most of their staff is 25 years old, and this is their first job in D.C., And so the system just isn't set up 
for protecting the American citizenry the way that it should be. But the most important voice that any representative can hear is the voice of the people they serve. That's why I'm encouraging everyone. Yes, it does make a difference if you call. Yes, it does make a difference if you just give a simple message, like get the United States out of the World Health Organization. Stop funding the World Health Organization. I want the United States to hold on to my freedom. I don't consent to giving up my freedom to the World Health Organization. Simple messages like that. And yes, we need the Republican Party to speak up. I wish Rona McDaniel at the RNC would speak up. I wish Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell would speak up. But even if they don't, we can. We can speak up and we can pray. And the one thing that we know is that God hears us when we cry out. And we ask him for deliverance. You know, what you said is very profound and very powerful because the first three words of the Constitution are we the people, not we the Congress. So ultimately, we have to be the guardians of our own liberty by making sure that our congressional representatives know the things that we think it's important for them to know rather than sitting back. Why don't they say something? Why don't they say don't know this? We should be. We should see it as our responsibility to help make yes. sure that they do not. I, I, that's, that is such a powerful point that, frankly, I hadn't really thought about it that way before. Well, I, I have so much admiration and respect for you, Bishop. You have a clarity of mind, and it's because you're a man of God and you understand the word of God. And I've always thought for anyone who wants to serve in public office, the best preparation you can have is a thorough understanding of the Word of God, but then also regeneration by the power of the Holy Spirit. To be truly born again by God and to have Him regenerate us with His Holy Spirit, that is the best way because then our ears are attuned to hear the clear voice of the Holy Spirit. And so when we can be listening to the Lord and then communicating with those who are our representatives and doing so in a respectful way, there is there is a profound energy that goes back and forth between us. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, look, in the time we've got left, talk to us a little bit about the importance of the Constitution, because this goes back to what we saw in COVID. And you mentioned some of the horrible abuses. But one of the things that just jumped out at me is the lack of respect for the authority of the Constitution yes. as our yes. ultimate uh, document of governments, of governance. They just didn't, they don't care. Well, it is. And Bishop, the reason why that happened, many of the listeners may not be aware of this. So listen to what I'm telling you. Our nation operated under emergency powers. Once COVID was declared a public health emergency, that gave the President of the United States emergency powers. For three years, our government has operated under emergency powers, which means they weren't keeping an, an eye on the Constitution. They made decisions like closing churches, closing schools, closing down places of business, places of employment. People were thrown out of work. As a matter of fact, the Centers for Disease Control told landlords they couldn't evict people. So this happened because of emergency powers. That's going away wow. March 11th. 
So now we'll go back under the Constitution. But you can, can see how I, our economy can, can, was you give me, I've, I've got to take a quick break. I'll come back and say goodbye to you. Back in a moment. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Well, folks, this has been extremely informative. We are on with the Dean of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. So, Michelle, we, we've this, this has been very, very informative. Where can people go to learn more and how can they find out more so they can keep themselves informed about this? Well, you can go to two websites. One is called Stop the who, W-H-O, dot com, and exit the who, dot com. And who stands for World Health Organization. Stop the who, dot com, exit the who, dot com. And there's all sorts of information about what's being proposed by the Biden administration. And again, people can call 202-224-3121 and tell the Capitol switchboard operator where you live and then tell your senator and member of the House of Representatives that you want them to get us out of the World Health Organization and stop funding them. I know I've got to let you go, but I got a call last week from a friend who said, you know, I'm thinking about leaving the country. And I said, what? What, what do you mean? He said, because I think we're headed for tyranny and I don't want to be here to see it happen. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the discouragement and despair that some people may feel as they see the crazy things that are happening in the country, uh, why we ought to stand and fight for what we believe in. Well, number one, people aren't inaccurate. What they're seeing happening is unprecedented. We're seeing the intentional destruction of the United States. But remember, God's people are here, and God blesses a nation when a people look to him. Because the Bible says that, uh, that a nation that looks to him will be blessed. If God's people are looking to him and crying out to him and trying to obey him and live according to his ways— he will hear us when it cries. We haven't read the last chapter. We're only partway through the book. So we need to be faithful and recognize he is more faithful still. Amen. Well, listen, God bless you. I, I, it really does me good to know that you are where you are teaching the, the, the minds of people who are going to take over at some point and be a part of our government and to know that your voice is out there to help us be aware of what is happening, <laughs> things that we may not even know, like this situation. So, Dean, thank you so much. Thank you, Bishop. We just love you so much at Regent University. Thank you. Love you, too. God bless you. God bless Well, folks, uh, a, a real hero of our country, uh, a woman who has stood on the front lines for a long time. I think you all may have heard me tell the story. The first time I met Michelle Bachman, I was hosting an event at the Capitol. This was a decade ago, and uh, more than a decade ago, about 12, 13 years ago. And I forget what bill, we might have been in the Rayburn building, I'm not sure where we were, but she was supposed to be speaking earlier and she was not able to make it earlier. And so toward the very end, she was able to come and she ended up being the last speaker. And I'll tell you, 
she blew my socks off because she didn't come in there and give some kind of policy speech. Michelle Bachman came in there and preached the word of God and talked about the importance of God at the center of our country and how that's the only way we're going to succeed, the only way we're going to have a future. And I mean, it was like, whoa, okay. (laughs) I didn't know Michelle Bachman at that point, but she introduced herself. Uh, And I have never forgotten that moment because it was was powerful, folks. And so here again, for those of you who get discouraged sometimes and feel like, you know, we're, we're losing, uh, I point you to people like her who are there. And I mean, she's working to educate the next generation of potential governmental leaders with principles that are rooted and grounded in the word of God and our constitution. Uh, and, and we've got to be hopeful when we know something like that is going on. It's not going to be covered by the New York Times. It's not going to be covered by the Washington, as I like to say, the New York Lying Times. It's not going to be con- uh, covered by the Washington Compost. Uh, but but God is covering it. God knows it's happening. And because we have American Family Radio and we are here, uh, we're going to make sure that you know about the things that others may not know or even care about, but that will be an encouragement to you and will be something that you can put in into your knowledge bank to say, you know what, the world may not be paying attention, but God knows what's going on over here. And God is cultivating leaders and preparing them to step into positions of influence in our country. And that ought to give all of us hope. Now, look, as far as the sovereignty of the United States of America is concerned, here's the fundamental issue. We know that the Biden administration is compromised. We know that Biden and folks, we don't just think this. It's obvious. The, The evidence is in. We know that Biden and his family are family of political crooks. And they've been just basically making money off of being in politics. Um, one of the things that uh, Representative Comer pointed out is that they have no business. There is no business. It's not, they're not like Donald Trump. They don't have any hotels. They don't have any, any uh, uh, properties that they run, golf courses or, or apartment buildings or office buildings or, or, or anything else. They're, they're a political hack family. And basically what they sell is their political influence. And, folks, that's crooked. I mean, it, you, technical bri- bribery may be one thing to have to prove, but there is no question that morally and ethically these people are, are really lowlifes. I mean, they really are. And the fact that they would sell themselves to the Chinese Communist Party tells you just how low they are because they're not stupid at least in the sense, it's not that they don't know that communist China is our enemy, our adversary at best, and yet they're willing to sell their influence to a, a, a communist regime that would just as, seen, as soon see the United States of America be no more. And as, as I've said before, as far as I'm concerned, that's traitorous, it's treasonous. And so... It shouldn't surprise us that they're willing to sell our sovereignty to the World World Health Organization uh, because, after all, communist China controls the World Health Organization. Uh, I think Bill Gates has a little influence there as well because of his money. The difference is, though, he doesn't have any armies. He doesn't have any nuclear weapons. Uh, he's He's not a sovereign state. 
in the Communist Chinese Party controls 1.3 billion people. It is a slave state. And those people will pretty much do whatever the regime tells them to do. Most of them will because they don't have any choice, because they don't know anything else, and because they're under the complete control and domination of that regime. And that's what the Biden administration wants for us. Because if you put us under the World Health Organization, you put us under communist China. It's just that plain and simple. I mean, this is not rocket science, folks. Uh, this is about corruption. It is about the complete lack of integrity and honor. And so we've got to do what Michelle Bachman just suggested. Call your congressman. Let them know you do not want America entering into any kind of agreement with the World Health Organization to surrender our sovereignty, to turn over to them the right to make decisions about our health care, our health and well-being in the event of a pandemic or any other circumstance, because we don't trust them to do that. I mean, my goodness, we can barely trust some of our own leaders to do that, because under the emergency powers that they operated under, they, some of them apparently thought that that was an opportunity to suspend the Constitution, and it's not. The Constitution is never suspended. The powers of, a, of an office may be expanded as a result of an emergency, but it does not expand to the point where it subverts or invalidates the Constitution of the United States. And yet, that's the way we were treated. I remember the governor of New Jersey saying, oh, the Constitution, that's above my pay grade which is just another way of saying, I don't care about the Constitution. I don't care what it says. And we saw that again and again and again, our First Amendment liberties trampled, uh, re religious liberty, freedom of speech trampled. Oh, no, you can't say that. That's misinformation. And the government working hand in hand with big tech to censor us, which is, again, a violation of the Constitution of the United States, trying to tell churches when they can open and when they, when they can hold services you, Congress shall make no law respecting uh, the establishment of, a, of religion nor inhibiting the free exercise thereof, uh, prohibiting the free exercise thereof. They don't have any right. And, and, and that's been interpreted to mean the government in general since Congress makes the law. And when the, the president starts acting like a law unto himself, he's in violation of the Constitution anyway. So as any governor, so as any mayor, and yet, they just acted in complete contravention of the Constitution like it didn't even exist. And it wasn't just because of COVID. It wasn't just because they thought that they were doing something in great service to our country and our people. It's because they don't respect the Constitution anyway, and this was an opportunity for them to treat it with the disdain that they've always felt. Well, putting us under the World Health Organization would be one more step in the wrong direction. And we've got to stop them. Uh, I don't have that number in front of me, but she said it for you several times. Uh, in order to call the Congress of the United States and get in touch with your congressman. Uh, so I'm sure you got it already or you can look it up quite easily. 
Uh, but let's by all means let our congressional representatives know, your congressman or congresswoman, let them know that we don't want our country under the World Health Organization. Well, folks, this has been The Awakening in depth on an issue that we thought it was important for you to know more about. I certainly learned some things. I hope you did too. Look, in the meantime, stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.